everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the uh, off-season Q&A that I'm tentatively calling, Hey, I'm Bored. My wife's in bed. Come drink a beer with me. Uh, my name's Bill Matz. I'm your director of Fun and Games for the evening. I thought this was a good idea. Start uh, start getting the Twitch going a little bit again. Start getting... I gotta... I knew, I'm used to facing my webcam, but I'm using the one built into my laptop tonight because I forget how to switch it on Twitch. So, you know... We'll uh, we'll deal with this tonight, and then I'll figure out uh, you know how to use Twitch again next week. But I figured this was just a good time uh, get to talk to everybody again. It's been a little while. I've missed you all. A uh, little background on what I've been up to. Uh, got married. Got married on October 10th. Uh, it was an awesome time. Small ceremony, uh, intimate, just bridal party and parents. It was a great time. So that's what I've been up to mostly for the most part. Mostly for the most part. Off to a great start here, Bill. Yeah, well, cheers to that. Hey. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've been busy. I've been keeping busy. I got a new gig producing a show on Radio.com. It's called You Better You Bet. It is a daily uh, four-hour gambling podcast. And I got to tell you, if you're into making money, uh, it, I keep looking at the webcam. I got to face it the other way, so I stop looking at it, and I just look directly at the screen. If you're into making money... Uh, <laughs> through sports gambling, listen to You Better You Bet. I know nothing about this shit. I mean, I know enough about, you know, football and whatnot, but I don't know about sports gambling. Been working there like two months. I've been making money uh, hand over fist, as they say. So check out You Better You Bet. That's what I'm doing on the weekdays, 4 to 8. Uh, and now I'm hanging with you guys, you know. I, I missed everyone. So let's get it started. How's uh, how's everyone doing? All right, let's let's start taking some questions. Uh, tight look, Billy. Thanks. Yeah, got the got the haircut. Looks terrible after I'm wearing a hat all day. Uh, but you know, got married. Had to not look like a homeless person at the uh, at the wedding. Actually, Ava told me she didn't care if I got my hair cut or not, but just didn't want to look like a homeless person. Uh, and you know, time to switch it up. Had long hair for a little while. Time to switch it up. Congrats on the wedding. Thank you very much. Uh, see, they're playing Flyers vs. Bruins game replay from November. Are they really? Oh, that's interesting. Might give that a check. All right, let's get to... Oh, wow, a question here. <laughs> we trade... Go oh, okay. We trade ghost or something. Why the meeting? Uh, I just wanted to start getting these going. I'm going to do one a week, probably on Tuesday nights uh, for the rest of the offseason. God knows when the season's going to start again. You know, they're saying January. January 1st was the goal. Uh, who knows how true that is? Who knows how close they're going to come to reaching their goals? It's the NHL. Anything's fucking possible. They could start tomorrow. They could never start again. Who the fuck knows? So I just wanted to get going here. Uh, but I, I do foresee once there's um, once there's a little bit... Oh, Jesus, I'm doing the thing with the mirror imaging again. Um, <laughs> once uh, once there's, I think, a little bit more clarity on like when the season gets started, and other teams are making moves, so it's not like there's nothing, but I just think once there's more clarity, uh, the Flyers will probably make a move, but no, I don't believe they've traded Ghost yet, if they've had, if they have, let me know, but I'm not gonna fall for your fake shit, I'm pretty good at not falling for fake Twitters, so... BSH Radio sounds like Miller time to me. Well, tonight I've got, and this isn't an advertisement this time. That was just for the playoffs. No sponsor yet on this for the offseason, but this is Narragansett Fresh Catch that I'm drinking tonight. Gansett, I love because it's the beer from Jaws. It's like, obviously, I want to drink what Quint drinks. He's my hero. Uh, but have you ever had a Gansett? Not that good. Kind of shitty. Fresh Catch? Fucking excellent. So if you're into Jaws and want to drink a beer that actually tastes good, check it out. <laughs> Congrats, and now I have a hankering for a roast pork sandwich. Uh, haven't actually uh, figured out the uh, sponsor situation with, uh, with Crest Tavern yet, but I will tell you, if you're in the mood for a pork sandwich and you're in the Jersey Shore area, go to Crest Tavern, man. They're banging. Been drinking any good beer lately? What the hell else you think I've been up to? Uh, I just promoted the Fresh Catch. That's kind of a staple of mine. Uh, had one, had a really good one. I was drinking earlier, had a bunch of them last night. It was a sour double IPA called Fluidity. Uh, I, I goddamn, I can't remember, but it's like a tie-dye look. I can't remember the brewery, but it's like a tie-dye looking can. You, you'll find it on Untapped. Follow me on Untapped too. Uh, I think it's just at Bill Matz. Uh, I, I rate all the new beers and stuff I have there. It's mostly just for me to like, when I'm in the liquor store looking for something. 
I'm like, oh, what did I want to try? What did I like? I can never remember because it's always so many different things. Uh, but yeah, Untap's a pretty good source for that. So uh, yeah, the uh, the Fluidity is the best one I've had lately. It was a sour double IPA, very sweet, uh, but still 8%. Had a couple of them tonight. Feeling pretty good despite it looks like all my bets on the Tampa Bay Rays are falling apart. I uh, had them to win the series, had them on the series line plus one and a half, so Unless they won tonight, that was going to, you know, kill both of them. Um, Such is life. Many people would say, why the hell would you bet on the Tampa Bay Rays? And to them, I'd go, good question. Uh, But it seemed like betting on the Dodgers was like betting on the Buffalo Bills, you know, when they lost four straight Super Bowls. I'm just going to bet against them more than betting on the Rays, really, was what it came down to. All right, a hockey question. Is Elliott going to be able to handle 1B role in a uh, packed schedule? I think so. Uh, They're going to lean because it's not going to be 1B. It's going to be Carter Hart. It's going to be Carter Hart as the one. Clear one. Elliot is two. Elliot is the number two goaltender. And my thing with Elliot has always just been he wears down. He gets hurt when you play him too much. They're not going to play him too much, especially in a condensed schedule. Carter Hart's going to be in there every night unless he needs a breather or back-to-backs or something. So I'm not... uh, Were there upgrades possible? Sure, but in the flat cap sort of situation, Brian Elliott was probably your best option. Uh, Brian Elliott's a warrior for this team. I'll always appreciate. He has put, uh, he's put himself in jeopardy a couple times for this team. He's come back early from injuries. He's battled when they needed him to. I think he's a decent enough backup. Um, In terms of filling that role, I don't really see many other, many other feasible options given the price, uh, given the situation the Flyers are in with the cap and the flat cap and everything else. Hockey by Christmas would be great. Ah, oh, man, I do not see it happening by Christmas. Uh, January 1st is the stated goal. It looks like they're aiming for January, and they want to be done before the Olympics in July. So uh, it's got to get going, but... I don't want to say I'm not optimistic because that's like, oh, Bill doesn't think there's going to be a season. I'm just, I'm not optimistic about what this season is going to look like, which is a bummer because like the Flyers championship window is open. I want to have a regular fucking season uh, and like selfishly, I want to have a regular post-game schedule, BSH, everybody in on the Flyers, postseason run and everything. I want all that. I just, man, if you were to ask me to guess what the fuck this season looks like, I'm like, I... <laughs> flip a coin who the hell knows hi bill congratulations on the nuptials is chuck done i mean done done means like he's set he thinks things are fine i or he thinks things are great i think he thinks things are fine uh they have some pieces that maybe don't perfectly fit together and everything but most teams have holes and I'll say I think they have a lot of competition. I think guys are going to be competing, and we saw it. We saw it with the with the back end of the roster last season. Uh, Elaine Vigneault and Chuck Fletcher will not hesitate to pull guys in and out, call guys up and down. Uh, I, I think we're just going to have healthy competition at the bottom of the roster, and by saving a little bit of money on the cap uh, with the Niskin in retirement and not immediately going out and spending that money, I think um, you're in a situation where... If it's a few weeks into the season or at the trade deadline or whatever, you're not bargain shopping to find that that one more center. You know, say they say Nolan Patrick and let's not get in. I mean, if someone wants to talk about it, we can. But uh, I I think we've all made our our stances on Nolan Patrick pretty well known known on BSH radio uh, for the last year plus. Um, I think. Uh, you're not going out and looking for a Derek Grant or a Nate Thompson, a guy who, you know, whose whose resume is plays in the NHL and owns skates, knows where a rink is. Like, I don't think that's where uh, you won't have to, you won't have to be bargain hunting in that way uh, if you're going out and looking for someone to fill that sort of role, like the 3C role behind Couturier and Hayes. Uh, and so is Chuck done for the off season? Yeah, the ghost trade is always there. There's always some uh, little things they could do. They very obviously want to go get another defenseman. I just don't know if the guy they want is available. It doesn't seem like he is. Um, you know, I could look at Twitter in 10 fucking minutes and find out that, oh, yeah, we just got a defenseman. Cool, that would be awesome. But I think if I had to put money on it... Um, 
there are going to be in-season moves. That's my guess. So Myers, are you signing for two years at $1.5 million-ish and adding uh, another player or, or four years and we are pretty much done? I would love to get Myers done long-term just because, um, listen, you always take on risk when you sign a player to, to a long-term contract, absolutely. Personally, I would love to get Myers done long-term and have him locked up and protect yourself against a, uh, a huge breakout season, especially with the situation you're in with Travis Sanheim, who, with a big season, would be in line for a big payday. So I would love to get Myers done uh, long-term. We've talked about it on BSH Radio. Charlie said he thinks, and this is just like a feel he has, he thinks they always have that one- or two-year deal in their pocket with Myers, and they're trying to work something else out, and if they just can't, they go, fuck it, here's the one- or two-year bridge deal, We'll, you know, cross that bridge when we get to it, basically. Uh, yeah, bridge, bridge. Um, but that's kind of the sense I'm getting as well. Which of our current prospects turns into the best future NHLer in the future? A best future NHLer in the future. Um, man, I like Morgan Frost a lot, but if I had, if I have to, you're asking me, so that's yeah. Uh, Cam York, I think Cam York has top four defensemen upside, and top four defensemen are very hard to come by. You know, if he can play on a top pair, if he can be a, a really good number three anchoring your second unit, my God, I mean, it's hard. Even if other guys turn out really good, it's hard to come by that sort of um, hard to come by that sort of upside. You know, that's that's really really good. I mean. Obviously, draft day uh, draft day comparisons are always hyperbolic, but when I look up at the screen and they say NHL comparable or NHL ceiling or whatever the fuck they said, and they said Brian Leach, it's like oh, okay. Uh, but it, it it just seems like maybe he'll take a little while to develop. Maybe he needs to fill out a bit, but I just think he has that sort of upside to be a good two way defenseman, offensive upside, power play, all that shit you look for. Does Drew ever score a playoff goal again? I mean, he had one, right? Thoughts on Forster? Seems like a nice prospect. Um, he can shoot. I'll tell you that. I like. I, I like that they. I like that they looked at that. Um, obviously, they've had some. Uh, they've had some success turning guys into stronger skaters, like they did with Oscar Lindblom. Now you can also say, you know, Matthew Strom. Not so much, but I, I think. They believe they wouldn't have taken him in the first round if they thought he was an actual project. Like there are guys who just can't skate, and there are guys who need to fix little things. And honestly, where they were picking, fuck. If the dude has to stand still and shoot, and you get twelve power play goals out of him a year, and he's on your top power, like you know, that's a good pick. If if he's a third liner who plays on your top power play, that's a hell of a pick. Would you be happy with Myers on a 4x4? Four, four? Uh, four years, $4 million? Hmm. Man, I would love to bring that AAV down to like 3.5, 3.8. But on a four-year deal, he's going to be looking for 4 or maybe even 4.5 just because this is his prime right now. These are, these are, his, uh, these are his years that you're buying. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with Myers on 4x4. Four four. Um, wouldn't necessarily be ideal but it could end up being a huge fucking bargain you know and that's the like i just said that's the risk you take with uh with signing young guys to long-term deals you're hoping to get the uh you're hoping to get that extra value on the back end like oh wow he's a six and a half seven million dollar defenseman we're paying him four you know that's what you're looking to do with that any rfas worth snagging it's just not gonna happen i love it but it's just not gonna happen Thoughts on the defense with the Niskanen retirement, also Braun and Haig re-sign. Uh, yeah, Niskanen, that's a blow. Um, he started to show, he started to look more like the guy that everyone was like, oh my god, the Flyers just traded for who? Did, have they watched him? He's done? And then we watched him for most of the season and we're like, y'all are stupid. He's fine. He started to look a little more like that guy who might be done um, in the playoffs. But it's still a blow just because he's your only reliable reliable veteran top four defenseman type guy. Uh, And now he's gone. Justin Braun can maybe jump into that role. But it's not, even if he's like, say, say, let's say Myers 
plays on the top pair with Provorov, and let's say Sanheim and Braun are your second pair. It's not like Braun's going to be playing 18, 19, 20 minutes a game. You're still going to, he's not going to be playing top four minutes, even though he's technically a top four defenseman. Um, I, I like the build, I, I don't like the build of the defense because there's not perfect combinations. But you still have good lefty-righty, uh, good lefty-righty uh, duos that you can mix and match. And three of your top four have just tremendous fucking upside with Provorov, Sanheim, and Myers. Just, tr- just my God, the upside there is incredible. We've already started to see it with Provorov. Myers started to flash in the playoffs. Sanheim, we know, uh, we all think we know how good he is. Uh, let me stop real quick, grab my charger, because it somehow came unplugged. And I don't want this to die in the middle of this thing. Uh, but thoughts on the defense? I think there's competition. I think if Ghost stays cool, he's competing. Gustafson, that's another guy with offensive upside who can compete. Uh, Haig, you know what you're getting out of him. And Braun is a reliable veteran. Like I said, you have to shelter him a bit. You have to... The things he's good at, you know what they are. He is actually good at defense. They're stay-at-home defensemen who just suck. But they have the reputation. Oh, well, then they must be good defenders. So they're called state. Braun is actually good at defense, and he brings that element uh, to the lineup. I think he's more well-suited for a third-pair role. But I think he and Sanheim would make a good duo, uh, especially in, um, you know, second-pair penalty-kill situations, stuff like that. Are they going to be matched up with the offensive offense's top line and asked to be a shutdown duo. No, I don't think they are. That's going to be Provorov's job no matter what, and Provorov doesn't have Niskanen to hold his hand anymore. But at a certain point, Provorov, you're our number one defenseman. It ain't going to be someone holding your hand forever. You're the freaking veteran now, you know? It's your job to be that number one defenseman, and I think he's up to it. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do, and then... You know, you just got to find what works on the third pair. If it's Ghost and if it's Ghost and Gustafson, and you're just like, fuck it, we're never going to be on defense. <laughs> and if we are, the other team's probably going to score, but hopefully we outscore them, you know? Uh, and it's it's all good. Um, if you want to go Ghost and Haig, if you want to go Gustafson and Haig, I, I think that the competition they have there, even with a Mark Friedman who's ready to come up and be at least a serviceable third-pair NHL defenseman. They don't have a perfect, you know, combination of six guys, but I think with the combina- with the competition that will be, like the, the in-house competition, uh, I think it'll bring out the best in everybody. That's the most optimistic I can look at it. Uh, pessimistic way of looking at it is... Yeah, a bunch of, bunch of young guys who don't know what it takes. <laughs> we'll see. How does Morgan Frost fit on this Flyers roster with a healthy Patrick? He has to switch to wing, right? We've talked about this, and Charlie uh, O'Connor brought up something interesting. He said they, like, Morgan Frost, they believe is a center. They think his role is a centerman in the NHL. Uh, And, you know, that could all change the first week of camp when they go, shit, he just doesn't have it. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Just saying, you know, camp opens and they're watching him. But for the first time, uh, because we only ever heard really, um, you know, he was never really on the ice for this new regime. Uh, we only ever heard the old regime, Hextall, who drafted him, and Hextall, who, fucking idiot. Uh, they always said, like, Nolan Patrick is a center. And I kind of I kind of believe that. I thought what he brings, especially from a, uh, a two-way play, um, from a two-way play and puck-carrying uh, standpoint, he fit his center, but... It looks like they're open to moving Nolan Patrick more to wing, and I think, like, Patrick and Frost, yes, they're both young, both lack experience, both haven't proven anything in this league yet, uh, but I think you could have, like, a good, like, Braden Shen, Danny Briere dynamic there between them. Like, okay, neither of them are a perfect center, but if they're out there together, they make a good duo, you know? The Flyers' and ske- entire schedule will be back-to-back. Listen, they're... It's going to be okay. The, the schedule isn't going to be so crazy that, I almost said Carter Hart, that Brian Elliott just freaking dies on the ice. Like, that's not what's going to happen. I'm kind of pissed we let Pitlick go. I like Pitlick. Pitlick was a battler. He was a guy watching him play. I just came to the conclusion, you can play on my team anytime, but it's a numbers game in a flat cap world. Like, what are you going to do? You have to be, that's the, 
the Flyers have been good at drafting, supposedly, for like eight years now. You can't just, or six years, I guess, going back to 2014. Like, at a certain point, you have to create Pitlicks. I like Pitlick a lot. He's a good bottom-of-the-lineup player. But you have to be able to find those guys in the second, third, fourth, fifth round. Like, you have to have Tyler Pitlick in your farm system and be paying him on an, on an ELC, your league minimum, or whatever. You're paying Michael Roffel. You're paying, like, you just can't invest this much in the bottom of your roster, especially when the top end is making top end money. You know, you've got G on eight plus mil, Jake on eight plus mil, JVR on seven, Hayes on seven plus. They, they re-upped um, Provorov last year at six, seven, five, I think. Carter Hart's going to be up for a big payday soon. Sandheim's on the bridge deal. You can't keep everybody. I hate it. I think salary caps are stupid as shit. But that's the league. I'm bullish on Wade Allison. Really want to see Wade Allison play. Um, I think a lot of young guys are going to be hurt just by, uh, right now, the numbers game with the Flyers and the whole, like, lack of development in this last, you know, little, this crazy-ass world we live in. I think some young guys are going to be hurt by that. And with no minors and everything, uh, who knows what the hell's going to happen with the AHL. I saw they have a, they're working on a plan, but uh, I, I like Wade Allison. I, I've been talked into Wade Allison by many people who know far more about prospects than I do. Um, like, it, maybe he's not a superstar, but he could probably play in the NHL, like, right now. Um, I like that. I like guys who can step in, like we were just talking about. Uh, we were just talking about, like it was a conversation. Like I just said, you have to be able to create the Tyler Pitlicks of the world. And if Wade Allison is that sort of dude, outstanding. It's frustrating to consistently see Provorov get no love nationally. Um, yeah, I, I know the list. I saw the list and some of the names on there are just like, yeah, you still think that guy's really good? Um, I think Provorov, like we see it with the NHL awards all these things are, are are like lifetime achievement awards. And when the Flyers as a team, uh, when the Flyers as a team have national recognition because of their team's success, their individual players will get recognition because of the team's success. And Provorov's still a young guy. He's got plenty of time ahead of him. Uh, you know, when he wins a fucking Con Smythe or a Norris or whatever, we can forget all about these lists. Because lists... It, li- I host a podcast. I grew up in WIP Sports Radio. I work for Radio.com right now. Lists are made to piss you off. And the Flyers have a huge fan base that gets very pissed and shares these lists on social media. That's good for them. I'm not saying that's the intent. I'm also saying, like, Provorov has a little bit to go. And the team has to have more sustained success before he gets recognized for what he does. When all of that happens will be good. Chances Line A is traded, and chances it's to the orange and black. Man, I would love a Patrick Line A on this team, and I'm not saying I wouldn't give up quite a bit to get him. I'm just saying, like, if the price is Sanheim and Konechny, you know, let's just say that's the price. And a first. Whatever. Let's say it's Sanheim and Konechny. Are the Flyers better? I don't think so. We've talked so many times about how everyone wants a goal scorer. But the really great goal scorers are never available because scoring goals is very important. It's how you win the game. Um, if the win, if Winnipeg thought Line A was one of those guys, they wouldn't be trading him. It was a week or two ago we compared he and Konechny, and like they're obviously different style players. Um, especially now that Konechny stopped shooting uh, the last year or so, but. Like, right at this very moment, Travis Konechny is better than Patrick... Excuse me. Is better is a better overall hockey player than Patrick Laine. Now, is like 22 and already has a 40-goal season to his credit and could turn into a regular 45-50 goal scorer, in which, at which point he would be better than Travis Konechny. But that's not who he is yet. And if he's going to get paid like one of those guys next year when he hasn't proven to be one of those guys, I'm not that interested. Um, man, Line A's been getting, like, your first part of the question is chances Line A is traded. Um, 
he's been getting traded for a while now, and it hasn't happened. And you know, we said we could said we could have said the same thing about like a Matt Duchesne, uh, and that did eventually happen. And he's been on several teams since then. I just like would would he be would he be so obviously available if he was that great? Like, I, I would love him. I would love him if it cost one of those guys I mentioned. I could probably live with it. Um, and he, again, might turn into a fucking 50-goal scorer, and boom. Awesome. We have a superstar. But I, I chances it's to the Flyers, I think, are low. I do not. I think the Flyers are involved, and they're not going to pull the trigger unless the price comes down big time. And I think that's... The fact that he hasn't been traded yet means a lot of teams are thinking the same thing. Uh, on the podcast with the rest of the crew, you have mentioned that this team is going to need a Giroux replacement in a couple of years. Uh, if you had to take a guess, who do you think in the current prospect pool slash roster takes that role? Man, that's a tough one. <sighs> I don't think it's a prospect. I think it's a player who isn't here yet. That's. I think it's a guy... They'll have their set roster. It'll be, and like this is down the line. Like in two years, when Giroux's on a new deal and Couturier's on a new deal, and they've basically swapped average annual values. You know, like all of a sudden Couturier's the highest play, paid player on the team, and Giroux's on a more team friendly deal. Like I think it happens then, and I think it's someone you have to go out and acquire to be that close to a point a game guy on your top line who anchors the offense in this way, or at least contributes to the level of Drew. Because Drew's not the anchor of the offense anymore. Uh, it's, it's, it's a depth game. It's a lot of guys contributing. But to be that, uh, to be that linchpin, I think they're going to have to go out and acquire somebody. Now, fuck, man. It could be Morgan Frost. It could be Nolan Patrick, for all I know. Um, could be Tyson Forrest. I don't know. Uh, it could be Travis Konechny. He could take another step. But if you, like, I think it's going to be a Vegas situation where, okay, we're deep. We have we have a goalie. We like our blue line. The Flyers' blue line by this point will be better than what Vegas is, has been these last few years. We like the depth we have up front. We have four, you know, three and a half, two and a half, whatever, good solid lines. We just need that one guy to put us over the top, and then Vegas goes out and gets a Mark Stone. I could see that being the type of situation the Flyers are in. Was Braun a panic move? Uh, I wouldn't say panic. I would say, like... Not panic, but, like... Not, like, real panic. Like, oh my god, that guy's about to shoot me. Not that kind of panic. But, like... You know when you're asleep in school, and, um... You wake up like, oh fuck. Like, you thought you were falling, but really you were just asleep in school. It, it was that kind of um, steadying sort of panic. Like, not again, not panic, but like, okay, if let's not let the boat rock. Instead of, okay, we're in a little bit of a rocky situation, let's just avoid the rocky situation, and maybe this doesn't make us better, but we're not taking on water. Uh, that's like 12 metaphors at once. I'm sure you could piece together what the fuck I'm saying here. I'm a couple deep. Uh, I can't wait to listen back to this and be like, what the fuck was I talking about? Is Friedman an NHL regular this year, or is he still 7th slash AHL bubble? Well, I just think that depends on... Where the hell did my other beer go? Here we go. There we go. Uh, is Friedman an NHL regular this year, or is he still the 7th uh, slash AHL bubble? I mean, right now, they have 7... Or, you know, when they eventually get Myers done, they'll have 7 defensemen on the roster, so it kind of depends on what they do. Um... But I expect Friedman to get a look. Uh, if, you know, Ghost is traded or something, if there's an injury, I expect Friedman to be the first guy, and I think he's going to get a shot in camp. I think, like I said, there's going to be competition, and competition is good. Um, everybody will have to be playing at the top of their game to stay in the lineup. That sounds good to me. Uh, if Friedman an NHL regular, I, I doubt it just because of the numbers game right now. But in terms of, you know, he's a right-handed defenseman, who can be physical, who can move the puck a little, uh, who just has good awareness out there, doesn't hurt you, you know? In terms of a third-pair defenseman, what the fuck else can you ask for? So I think he has it in him to be a regular third-pair defenseman. I just don't know if he has the opportunity yet. 
Like to see Frost as 3C and Geo on his wing being a leader slash mentor. Um, it, I, I, we'll see how the lines shake out. We have to see more how this, uh, how this team's put together. I mean, shit, if they go back to a, um, if they go back to that top line that they had, uh, at one point in the season where it was Couturier centering Limblom and Konechny, G could very well find himself on a line with Hayes or Frost, you know? Um, I'm not handing Frost this 3C job yet. Again, competition. Don't know really who else who that could take it from him unless Nolan Patrick really is, boom, ready to go day one. Uh, but they're counting on one of those two to get that job, right now at least. But I, G on that line, I just, like, yeah, okay, maybe. Where, where the fuck does JVR play then? Uh, I guess G can play the right side. It's not like he can't play right wing. Um, so, uh, Frost, JVR... G, that's interesting. Uh, but uh, Faraby, I guess you could see up in your top six. Would you want Frost and Faraby together? Because it's like two young guys on one line. You're counting a lot on them. There's going to be a lot of moving pieces in this thing. I think there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching going on in the beginning of the season. We're going to see a lot of combinations in camp and in preseason and into the first month or so of the season. We know Elaine Vigneault is not afraid to switch it up. So what's your ideal third line? Frost, Patrick, JVR. I like it. Just miss missing speed, I guess. Well, I mean, okay, let's forget the hypotheticals with Nolan Patrick and just look at, let's say, let's say he's good to go. So whether it's him at wing with Frost at sea or whatever, let's say those two are there. Yeah, I guess it's JVR. Um, like, ideal, like when they signed JVR, my thought was, okay, first power play, third line. That's the best way to use him. Um, but so, like... Is Faraby going to be a regular contributor on the second line? Where does Scott Lawton play? They have a lot of pieces, you know? They have a lot of moving pieces here. And, like, ideally... Fuck, I don't know. All right, let's... Let's let's just do the lines then. Let's... Chalk would be Couturier with G and Jake. So that's your first line. Second line then... Let's pencil in... Let's pencil in Faraby uh, with Hayes and Konechny. <sighs> yeah, I'm still looking at Lawton as the 3C right now. Like, in my head, it's like Lawton has... He deserves a shot to play in the top six, but... <sighs> I just can't count on, on Patrick and Frost. I know I'm, like, totally contradicting things I said a minute ago, but when I l think about it, what what do I think is the likeliest outcome? It's it's Scott Lawton, uh, JVR, and whoever on the third line. I haven't heard anything about Ratcliffe in forever. I know he wasn't producing much uh, his first year in Lehigh Valley, but any optimism there? They knew he was going to be a bit of a project. They were very excited to get him. That said, that was a different regime that traded up to get uh, Isaac Ratcliffe. I was very high on him. I thought he was an option at 13 uh, before the Flyers, you know, moved from 13 to 2 and got Nolan Patrick. Isaac Ratcliffe was one of the guys I thought uh, kind of fit at 13 a bit based on a bunch of scouting reports and some, you know, I'm not I'm not your deep dive prospects guy. Uh, I do my work around draft time. Didn't this year, fully admit, didn't do shit around the draft because nah, not feeling it. <laughs> but, um... Uh, it, like, I think a big guy like that takes time. Um, the things you can do at other levels just because of, especially a guy like him, I remember the first time I did see him at prospect camp or development camp or what, one of them. They all have different names. I can never remember which is which. Uh, but the first time I saw Isaac Ratcliffe, like, playing with the Flyers organization was in one of those preseason camps. And um, watching his skill for a little while, I was like, damn, this kid is something. Like, just hands for days, uh, making making goalies jump, uh, threading passes. Just looked like a skill-wise, skill hands-wise stud and can skate a little bit. And then I was watching this battle drill where he had a step on a guy who was smaller than him, and that player got inside him, boxed him out, backed him up with the, you know that nice little reverse move there. And took the puck off of him. Like, lifted stick, backed him up, stole the puck. 
He's got to get more physical for his size because he'll never be able to dominate with just skill in the NHL. Not he's not he's not fucking Nathan McKinnon, you know. Uh, he's not that good. Uh, but because of his size and his rare uh, his rare combination of talents, he's been able to do that at other levels. Turning pro in the AHL, you're playing against men, and you're playing against men who don't give a fuck how big you are. They want to fight you. Uh, I remember I was talking to, um, shout out here to Buddy Robinson. I was talking to Buddy Robinson, like, he's a big guy, man. And he was like, everyone called me out my first year in the AHL just because I'm so big. Like, he said that. Everyone wanted to fight. And he, you know, obliged sometimes, but uh, I just think Ratcliffe's a project. I think you could pay off, but I, like, I don't think Isaac Ratcliffe is a guy who's going to be here soon. Like, he's, he's not on my radar of dudes who could steal a spot you know, in this upcoming season. How do they fix the power play? That's a good question. Like, we've seen so many different outcomes with the same group of guys, uh, basically. Um, I think Eric Gustafson is big, uh, could could be a, a big contributor. Uh, I know Ivan Provorov was productive in terms of goal scoring on the power play, but if you watched him play on the power play, I am not comfortable with him being the point man um, on the first unit. I'm just not. Uh, they trusted him with it, and he was good enough-ish. Uh, but I think Gus Gustafson or Ghost uh, helps. And uh, JVR just... Man, like, the one thing you could always count on JVR to do was score in the power play. He just didn't last year. And that can't possibly be, like... A trend, right? That just... If I've learned anything from, uh, you know, all of Charlie's advanced stats, it's that regression will happen. And fucking JVR is going to score in the power play next year. Like, he just has to. He just has to. I think that's big. And then... Uh, yeah, a lot of ifs and buts. How do they fix the power play? The dudes they have do their job. They have a bunch of guys who are good on the power play. So be good on the fucking power play. Like, that's it. Those are your only options. Alex Ovechkin ain't available. Connor McDavid ain't available. How do you fix the power play? Those guys do their job. Claude Giroux, score more on the power play. Jake Voracek, score more on the power play. Travis Konechny, score more on the power play. That's how they get better. Okay. There was an analysis recently of what we can expect uh, of Carter's contract. They're saying three years at 4.5 to see if he's the real deal. You think that's a fair estimate? It is. Uh, yeah, I would. I was guessing like three years at five, so four and a half. Yeah, just to see if he's to see if he's good or to see if he's great. And if he's great, then you pay him the ten and go. Yeah, it sucks to have a goalie counting ten million against the cap, but fuck, he's really good, so you got to pay it. Um, and then, yeah, I I think that's a fair estimate. Yeah, L.A. gets an NBA champ and World Series this year. Yeah, so LA won. Uh, LA won the showdown of the NBA and NHL champions. Obviously, it was Tampa, the NHL champs, against LA, the NBA champs, and then for ultimate sports supremacy, Los Angeles gets it. Um, I like Ice Cube Jr., so good for you, LA. Again, I had a bunch of money on Tampa, but fuck, serves me right for putting money on Tampa, I guess. It's fun to point and laugh at Boston over Mookie Betts. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm not. I'm a Phillies fan, man. You know, I uh, pointed to my hat for those of you listening on the podcast later. Um, I can't point and laugh at fucking anybody ever. Like Randy Arazarena just had as many fucking home runs almost in in the playoffs as Bryce Harper did in the regular season. So like, and I love Bryce. I'm not calling Bryce a disappointment or anything. It's just, where's our Randy Arazarena? God damn. Do you ever see Johnny Hockey in a Flyers jersey? What's more likely, that or Line A? I think I think Goudreau's more likely, but it's like further down the line. Now, again, if say Calgary just fucking sucks next year, perhaps a you know in-season trade for Johnny. But I think the like, and I'm not even saying this is likely. I just think it's a certainly a possibility that when uh when's his contract up it's like two years let's look up Goudreau's contract it's you know it's only midnight where am I going 
we're not recording till one tomorrow, which means I can sleep till twelve fifty-five or so. Uh, where are you at, Calgary? Goddamn, do I love cap friendly? Uh, Johnny is this year and next year at six point seven five. Yeah, so. I could see the most likely, between those two especially, whether uh, between Line A and Goudreau, like I think the most likely way to land either of them is going to be Johnny Goudreau in uh, 2020, what did I just say? 2022 free agency. Apparently offers were made for Zach Ertz. Yeah, I mean, the f- why wouldn't they be? What are you drinking, Bill? Oh, man, I'm probably so far behind in the comments. But for those of you that didn't hear, it's a Narragansett Fresh Catch. It's very good. I love tall boys, too. I just freaking, I'll drink these all day. Hear me out. What if, just what if, Sam Moran actually plays this year? I would fucking love if Sam Moran played and was good. I, nothing, I can't say nothing would make me happier. Plenty of things would make me happier. But I would feel great for Sam Moran, and I would be happy to have a dude on the blue line who fucks people up. Oh my god, that would be great. And if he could contribute on the penalty kill, just use that size, I would love it if Sam Moran came into camp, ready to go, won a job, and was very good. But, like, things... I think are likely, that's not on the list. Braden Shen gave us Frost and Farabee. Do you think we will win this trade, or should we have kept Shen? No, like keeping Shen and winning the trade are two different questions. Getting two first-round picks for Braden Shen, that's winning a trade based on value. Um, Especially in a year where you drafted Nolan Patrick. Like, there's there's no crystal ball. There's no way to know how these things are gonna work out. They didn't trade him for Matt Ellison or something. You know, that's that's not what they did. Uh, two highly talented prospects. I mean, Joel Farabee's already a damn good player. And I can tell you right now, the organization is excited about his upside and what he could potentially be. But, like, Shen, I like Shen. He's a nice goal scorer. He's not a centerpiece of a team. Nor do I think either, either Farabee or, or Frost are centerpieces of teams. I just, you got two for one there. Um, they needed that money. I, I, I'll i never, Braden Shen will not be a, uh, to me, it's not Justin Williams or Patrick Sharp. That's just, and who the fuck knows? Maybe he goes on to win three cups and I'm doing this in a couple of years, shaking my fist uh, like I do about those trades. But I just, uh, I see what the Flyers were doing. Like, Braden Shen's going to be what age? The Flyers' window is open now, and Braden Shen is how old? Since I'm here, let's go check out him real quick. Where you at, Blues? Yeah, Braden Shen's making six, $6.5 for, like, the end of time, and he just turned 29. Like, he's a nice player. I like Braden Shen. I think sometimes he got a bad rap here. I also think he can be a little overrated. Like... Honestly, public opinion on him probably falls right in the middle. Like, some people think he's wildly overrated. Some people think he's the greatest. Uh, To me, he's just not the guy who, like, I don't lose sleep over the Braden Shen trade, and I think it does work out for the Flyers. I probably totally, when I ran through the lines, I probably totally left Lindblom off, and I'm sorry about that. That was a a fuck-up on my part, uh, if I did. My fault. Uh, of our pool, Sandstrom, Urson, Lyon, etc., do you think one of the young guys will end up as our backup to Hart? Uh, not Lyon, because, like, again, he's he's not young anymore. That dude's, like, 28 or something. Uh, but I like Alex Lyon. I hope he's I hope he's the Phantoms goalie till the end of time. Like, I hope he's the new Neil Little. Uh, Alex Lyon's just a good, a good hand. He's a nice hand to have around. Um, in a pinch, he ain't going to lose you a game probably. I mean, he might, but a lot of goalies might. Um, I just think he's a good, good guy to have just in, you know, in case of emergency break lion. Um, Samuel Urson, Eustamenko, they have some, they have some talent that could eventually end up being the Flyers backup, but, uh, behind Carter Hart right now, I still want to vet, um, in a couple of years, that won't be the case. It's like, like I was talking about with Provorov earlier, um, no one there to hold Provorov's hand anymore. Now we're setting him loose, but it's year five for Provorov or whatever it is like let's give Carter Hart a little time but 
yeah, eventually I could definitely see a, a a young backup in one of these guys. They they draft a goalie every year, and some of them, one of them might turn out. You know, that's why you draft them every year. Goalies are fucking nonsense. Did you think Bobby Ryan was coming to Philly? I didn't. Um, I just, eh, don't see the fit. I like a great story and everything with Bobby Ryan. And I remember it was the Buzz on Broad guys or Orange Update or wherever the hell I was to start this whole crazy journey of Flyers blogs I've been on. They did an interview with uh, Ryan, and I think they might even, yeah, like he talked about how he'd love to maybe one day play here. And, hey, it still might be in the cards at some point, but I I want to make the team better. I don't see how he does that. I'm not, like, I'm not trying to talk shit on Bobby Ryan. Overcame a ton. Uh, I mean, that hat trick he scored. One of the best moments of the season coming back, uh, but it does nothing for me. Every time I say tall boys, nobody around D.C. knows what I'm talking about. What the fuck do they call them? What are your honest feelings on Myers? Kid's a stud? All right, well, that's 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 your opinion, uh, and it's mine too. Uh, I think Myers, skill-wise, fuck. Um, I think he might be a little... How can I say this without coming off negative? Is what like I think Myers is awesome, and right now in my mind he's penciled in on the first pair, and I think the first pair is very good. Like that's <laughs> that's what I think about Myers. Um, I think his ultimate upside might be hampered a bit by a lack of just pure instincts. But uh, with a partner like Provorov, they could easily make up for that. Physical tool wise, uh, Phil Myers, fuck man. Um, yeah, sky's the limit in terms of what he can do physically. I, we said this a lot during the season. Sometimes you can just hear him thinking out there. Like, you can, like, there's a, I can smell burning through my television of his brain. And he's not a thinker. He's a doer. And I, I, I think if he can just get a little more smooth, uh, just a little more confident, I, I like, I, I like what he could be a, a whole lot. We've already seen plenty of of glimpses we've already seen stretches of play uh one thing i'll say is he he just needs to get a shot on net more we've seen what happens when he gets it through it ends up in the net it ends up creating points and scoring chances he just needs to stop having a shot blocked so much so excited to see zamula over haig i yeah zamula is another one who could factor in uh in terms of competition i think he definitely uh definitely gets a good look in camp uh that's another thing about camp though like if that's going to be abbreviated and the season's going to be abbreviated, there's plenty of guys who deserve a look. There's plenty of guys who could play themselves into deserving a longer look. But if you're given a limited amount of time, you can only devote so much of it to uh, to God, like bringing guys along and seeing if maybe they can do it. So much more time has to be let's get everyone up to speed who's definitely going to be in here. You know, like, is Zamula better than Haig? Yes. But Haig's going to be in the lineup for the first month of the season no matter what, and even, especially if, it's say, it's a 60-game season, like, that first month is fucking gigantic. Zamula, okay, maybe by giving him less of a look it takes an extra year to develop him, but it's just, one of, it's just the numbers crunch and the time crunch that we're in in this fucked up period of our existence what the hell happened to sandstrom he looked so good a few years ago a few years ago that's goalies man that's why they rarely go in the first round and that's why you should take one at least one every year you never know like carter hart you know second round pick first goalie taken looks like a stud guys who get taken in the first round who knows jordan bennington chilling in the ahl boom stanley cup champ who fuck knows that's goaltending does JVR end up with the Kraken in the expansion draft? Yeah, I think it's going to take a bribe. Like, I think you're going to have to give Seattle something to take him. Uh, but to me, that's the logical that's the logical move here. And I'm okay with paying a bribe because you have players worth protecting. It's not, you know, it's not like the Vegas expansion where you have so many inconsequential pieces and all of your guys who you must protect are, you know, prime guys on on no-movement clauses like Drew or 
they don't even qualify because they, you know, they're prospects. This is a different situation for the Flyers, so I have no problem paying a bribe if it's to take a, if it's to take JVR. And I'm a JVR fan. I, it's hard to say now that he's disappointed me so in this past season, especially in the playoffs. But I like JVR and I understand what he brings and I think it it can help the team. But if I'm, especially with this group, you know, giving up even a first-round pick to protect everything else I have and get that $7 million off the books, that's a, that's a bribe worth paying. In two years, what does the D look like? Provy Myers, Sanheim, York? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a definite possibility. Um, I could see Sanheim being on that top line, um, even though, I mean, even though he's left-handed, you'd have Sanheim, York, lefty-lefty, uh, but so many moving pieces in the next two years, like... Fuck, again, like, Sanheim could very well go to Winnipeg tomorrow for Patrick Laine, and gotta give something to get something. Then Zamula who is the third? Uh, Zamula, who the fuck knows? Zamula Friedman. Apparently, P.K. Subban is a better defenseman than Provorov. Yeah, like, you know, Chris Letang's on the list, and so, like, don't worry about lists, man. Don't worry about lists. All right, we're closing in on an hour here. Uh, I'm all caught up on the comments, it appears. Uh, So thank you all for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Got way better of a turnout. This went about 25 minutes longer than I expected it to. Uh, We're already after midnight here over on the East Coast. So, uh, yeah, I got to start getting the show ready for tomorrow. We're going to be recording Broad Street Hockey at our normal time Wednesday. Uh, It'll drop probably in the afternoon. There'll be... You know, on BroadStreetHockey.com, it'll be up on Thursday, so be sure to check that out. Uh, again, if you're into listening to uh, gambling content, if you like making money, you can hear the show I produce, and I'm sometimes, every now and then, featured on, usually for comedy bits. It's called You Better You Bet. It's on the Radio.com app. It's hosted by Nick Costos, uh, Nick Costos and uh, Ken Barkley. It's really good. Again, I don't know shit about sports gambling, and I'm making money, so if you're a little smart, uh, maybe you can... Take a lot of information away from it. So that's where I am Monday to Friday, 4 to 8. Uh, yeah, we're recording tomorrow. Um, fuck, I don't think I have anything else to sell. I don't have any sponsors, no one to plug. So I'll just say go birds. Have a great week, everybody.